Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, BWI Live post game show. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We are going live seconds after the conclusion of Penn State and Auburn, a blowout game. There's no other way to describe what happened from beginning to end, even though Nittany Lions, uh, a little bit early on, probably didn't have some of the success they wanted to have on offense. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. I'm going to be taking you through. A blowout victory, and I'm going to need your help here because uh, I never know where to start in these situations. I'm doing a thousand things right before the show, and uh, uh, let's just talk about the players you want to talk about because nobody had a bad game. There's just there's no way to say it. Nobody had a bad game. Maybe maybe Daquan Hardy had a bad game, um, but early on didn't matter. Nittany Lions recovered from that. A 17 point uh, third quarter. Penn State came out and poured on gasoline and lit a match. Once again, Nicholas Singleton leading the way for the Nittany Lions on the ground. Only 10 carries again. He is so fresh for the Big Ten schedule. 124 yards. So really, a terrible performance from him going from uh, 17.9 yards per carry down to 12 and a half. So, uh, you know, or should, be, should we be worried about the... I can't even keep this up. Uh, it's BW Live post game show. We've got our regulars here in the chat. Thank you so much to Ryan Furness, who always supports the channel. He do- donates to the post game show. Really appreciate you. You guys are my my co host tonight. Uh, we need donations to get Tom Hannafin back from whatever cell in uh, some foreign country he's residing in or out of the ditch because I think he went down to Auburn. He's probably very happy and very uh, libated, if that's a word. Uh, down in in the plains in Auburn, he will be back uh, later for uh, more post game shows. But Ryan, thank you so much. Is it time for Caden Wallace to be benched and Efner to take his starting place? He's been poor so far in three games this season. Your thoughts, T. Frank? Um, <laughs> Ryan, I appreciate you popping the balloon for everybody already. Already, we're here with and no, he's right. Bryce Effner uh, and and Caden Walsh, that situation has yet to resolve itself. Once again, Caden Walsh kind of played himself to the bench, um, and Bryce Effner came in and played well. Uh, but here's the deal. Penn State's offensive line was the story of this game. Penn State's offensive line dominated the Auburn Tigers, and the Penn State's defensive line dominated the Auburn Tigers. So when we talk about coming into this game, and I spent all week telling everyone that would listen, hey, Auburn's not the Auburn you're thinking. They're an okay offensive line, but this isn't big, ugly football. This isn't smash mouth. This is kind of similar to what Penn State has been running over the last couple of years. 
inside zone blocking, a bunch of different stuff that they do from that perspective of zone option off that with the quarterback. But this is not a big dominant offensive line in Penn State. They showed that today. 36 carries for Auburn, 119 yards. That is it. 3.3 yards per carry. And Sean Clifford, super efficient once again. Uh, 14 of 1978 yards. Very few um, bad balls. The only time that he threw a bad ball, it was short and incomplete on what would have been a wide open touchdown. But Penn State was up by multiple scores both times, so those don't hurt you. And he didn't put the ball in harm's way. Wherever that pocket presence has been, if that shows up all year, Penn State's in good shape. Uh, Chuck. Chuck's been here every single day on every single video. He's the like parade king. Um, if you want to follow Chuck's advice, like the video. BWI Live post game show. We're watching and we're talking about 41 to 12 Penn State defeating uh, the, the Auburn Tigers in a no doubter down in the plains. So Chuck always, he listens. He, uh, I appreciate him. He's always one of the first in the videos. Give the video a like. We're trying to get this one to 500. Last time I asked you to get to 500 on the live show, we blew past that to 1,000. So not a nail biter, not down to the last second, but Penn State, fans got to feel real good about this one. They scored in every single quarter, more consistency from the offense, 7 points, 7 points, 17 points, and then 10 points in the final frame. So the BWI post game show is going to take you through all of that stuff, but we're just going to get right off the bat. If you want to donate to the channel, like any of these guys, uh, they're already rolling in. Thank you so much. David says, thank the Lord. Manny stopped letting them run right in the middle on third and long, getting 20 yards four times. Justin shut them down and finally gave the ball back to the offense. That is absolutely right. David, uh, do you guys want to be the guest analyst on the show? You guys are like batting a thousand already. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in the, in the second half. They adjusted. They kept a QB spy. They did a little more contain rushing, but also they just won. They won all of their assignments. They were able to get to the quarterback in a big way all game long. Four turnovers in this game. Let me pull up the stats here as well on defense to see just if I have this correct here. Uh, three pass breakups, nine, nine quarterback hits, three forced fumbles, uh, and then a couple of interceptions. So it was, it was a, it was a, Big game for the Nittany Lions and one that uh, they sorely needed from a lot of perspectives. There's not a lot here, by the way, uh, getting back to your comments, talking to, to some of the things we talked about this week. And uh, I just before we get on with more of your questions. I don't get opportunities like this very often, so I'm not an I told you so guy. I'm not that. But I'm glad that I have this on record. Don't go back and watch the full show where then I backpedaled from this. I said this yesterday. Isn't hiding anything. So they haven't really done anything defensively. And everyone's wondering like, oh, well, maybe they're saving everything for non-conference Penn State. They just don't do anything interesting defensively. Like they, mm -hmm. they have some good wrinkles. They'll take Hall, the linebacker number or the defensive end number twenty nine, and they'll move him about the formation. They'll go three down, and then he's the insert rusher wherever. Right. So that that is a bit of a wrinkle. That's pretty good. Th this year, as opposed to last year, they'll actually blitz one extra guy. And maybe I'm just desensitized now by watching Manny Diaz throw literally kitchen sinks at people and faucets and drains. That I'm just like, oh, that's cute. You brought five. You you created that situation. Um, they don't do a whole lot of complex stuff. 
the most interesting thing they've done defensively in coverage, especially, and you know, when you watch the full thing is they're playing a little more too high safeties. Last year, they were very vanilla cover three basic stuff. And Sean Clifford for all of his flaws can read stuff when you give it to him. Mm -hmm. So if they give him reads, I don't have any, I don't have any problem giving Penn state. Uh, my bold prediction is that they'll get a three touchdown win in this game. I, I just, yeah. Well, I'll who's going to score? Who's going to score for Auburn? Is this where I get, is this where I, I tear my rotator cuff, patting myself on the back? Uh, and it came down to Nick Singleton breaking the game open. Is that is how that happened? Because uh, the Nittany Lions needed some big plays. They needed a balanced attack and a couple players. Let's just go through a couple players here that played really well. And I'll get you some of your comments here in just a little bit. I mean, the, the donations are piling up. Thank you guys so much. I'm glad everyone's in a good, in a good mood, by the way, if I got you some money with that tip, if you, if you put some money down and you, you uh, had Penn state to, to cover that spread, you're welcome. You, you, kickbacks are appreciated. Uh, let's see. Brenton strange. He was highlighted late in the game uh, as a, as a run blocker, his ability now in in his uh, I think his fourth year now with the Nittany Lions or his third year uh, to to break tackles and make plays. That's what we've been waiting for. That's been his skill set since he got to Penn State and he put the weight on and became a tight end from being a high school wide receiver. Poppy strong, um, good contact balance. He pulled the the a baby Saquon there where he jumped and got hit in the air and kept his feet and ran for extra yards today. But Bretton Strange and a shout out to to Tyler Warren. I don't know how his PFF run blocking grade is gonna is gonna pan out here because I wasn't watching him on every single play. But early on, he got pushed around, and that's been an issue for him this season. And then something just changed, and he started putting his face mask into people and moving them off the football. And that was the story of this game. Penn State's offensive line bullied Auburn. They flipped the script on, on the Tigers, and they were the guys that were pushing two and three yards down the field. I already have a plan of what I'm going to talk about on uh, my film study. I'm super excited because it's not going to take me a whole lot of time. You can watch the replay, and Penn State has pushed the Auburn uh, defensive line two yards down the field by the time the running back has the football. I was not expecting that. Uh, come back. He, he was appreciating that, watching uh, Olu and Wormley bully people. You know what the difference between uh, Sal Wormley and some of the other players that Penn State's had on the interior over the last couple of years has been that uh, he holds his blocks. He maintains contact. And when you have players that uh, have explosive speed, that matters. That creates those big lanes. And we'll get into some of the things schematically that Penn State was doing on the offensive line. Uh, Mike was down at the game. He says, no words. Fantastic. Leaving the stadium now, so I can't listen. Have a great show. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. He, he's always here on the show. Uh, and then Stephen Light says, the runs are here. The runs are finally here. Nick Singleton. I guess we'll get to it now. We'll just, we'll just talk about this now. Penn State over the last several seasons, and really under James Franklin, has been a spread offense based in the inside zone. Um, and that's pretty standard across football where it's not just Penn State, it's, it's, a, it's a common thing. But over the last several seasons, there's been a defensive evolution to stop specifically inside zone running and then uh, tweaks that you can make to stop the read option. 
Sean Clifford, as you saw today, is an inconsistent runner where he had a wide open hole and he cut back and then he had a wide open hole and got a touchdown. So that part of their game is still there. But what they've done is they've evolved to add much more man blocking. So for every Penn State fan, Stephen included, uh, that wants a fullback, that wants power football, and I was told they need gap schemes. None of this inside zone doesn't matter. Get guys going upfield. Penn State did that. And those are the runs that led to the big touchdowns. Power, counter, and man. Although a condensed formation where you bring in the receiver, you've got two tight ends, and again, like I said, Tyler Warren, Bretton Strange, they pushed guys out of the way, and then Singleton ran for a touchdown. Now, the block they highlighted for Bretton Strange was on uh, the corner. So he should he should put that guy into the dirt, and he did. That's one of those things about the condensed formations is it forces the corners, the safeties, the secondary to be a part of the run formation. And if you're covering Parker Washington and all of a sudden he's now there in the box and you've got to fit as the edge defender there, you've got to fit as the contained player, and then you have to go up against Brenton Strange, and all of a sudden there's a wide lane for the fastest guy in the football field, that's how Penn State is making those plays happen. Big physical blocks. So what we learned is that Penn State's offensive line is capable of dominating a, a good opponent. They went through the heart of the Auburn defense. That defensive line was the strength of this team. And Penn State, and I'll, I'll put it up here for you now. I'll, I'll show you the, the, final, the final score. Let me get it up here so you don't see my notes or any of my private things here on the screen. But here we go. Uh, this is how they did on the day. 39 carries for 245 yards, 6.3 yards a carry, five rushing touchdowns. There is no other way to describe that but dominant. Penn State's offensive line is the story of this game. As much as Nick Singleton, once again, uh, 10 carries, 124 yards. The young freshman running backs are the truth. They are very good. Um, <laughs> giving us a dime, a point. And once again, I believe those are euros. So Night Raven, my guy, always appreciate you. Uh, Mr. Principal with a $20 donation. Apparently he is another one of those guys that uh, maybe put some money down in my name with my analysis the other day. David says, love you, T. Frank. Easy money for that defense after adjustments. Um, both lines dominated. Jim is right. That is what we're talking about. O-line, 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 O-line. I knew that Penn State could get points in this game if Auburn didn't show something new. I didn't expect Sean Clifford to play as well as he did, given they did get pressure. But I was not expecting the offensive line to be so dominant. That was my show me before I believe you. I thought Penn State could get points in this game. I did not think they would get it this way. Uh, Nick Singleton and and Catron Allen, by the way, two touchdowns on the day, 5.8 yards a carry. He is so fun to watch if you love the nitty gritty of the run game because he sees things. And I, I've, I've, since I watched him at high school, in high school at IMG, which is laughable to call that high school, I said, he is a sophomore running back in a freshman's body. The way he sees football is, is 
if he were an offense coordinator, if he were a run game coach, he sees the lanes, his vision, his cutbacks. I got goosebumps on that touchdown because it was such a good play. He saw the way the, the block was setting up. He cut back, uh, cuts back outside and bam, there was another play where he just has a way of patience in the backfield. Sometimes the Penn State run game, we say we're one or two things away is what James Franklin will say. A little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and then you'll have something. There have been times in the past that the offensive line, the tight ends, they've blocked well, but the running back will force it. They'll go into the, the hole too early or they won't allow something good to happen. Katron Allen waited, let his block set up on some of these uh, pull plays, and then burst through the hole, made a guy miss, and got an 18-yard run. It's not a 54-yard run. It's not Singleton. He's not going to give you that, but he's going to give you consistent yardage. He's not going to make mistakes. He's going to catch the ball well. He's going to run between the tackles. He's going to do everything right. This duo in the backfield, and, and, and Kevon Lee, no disrespect to a guy that also averaged 4.5 yards per carry, but he only had four carries. The future is now. It is here, and it's 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 pretty fun to watch. Sal Wormley had a great game, and I know we were talking about uh, Caden Wallace earlier struggling. He was up and down with some blocks, but in a man-blocking scheme, he's not asked to run laterally. When he can get into double teams with Sal Wormley, he is an effective blocker. So they had a very good game up front. I'll be interested to see kind of the details when I go back and see who missed some things because nothing is perfect. You got to clean some stuff up. Olafashanu, once again, very good. Just they get to their blocks now. This is what I said week one. They're getting to their blocks. They're just a hand or two away from breaking big runs. And Nick Singleton is now running through arm tackles. He's able to get a lane. And by the way, I said this to somebody the other week, and I'm just going to start calling all my hot takes now. Nick Singleton is skinny right now for what his body can be. He's going to be a 4'3 athlete that's 228 pounds. He's going to get, when he gets into the weight room for another year and he's a year older and he's more physically developed. This is the first form of him. Like if he's a Pokemon, he hasn't evolved yet. So this dude is going to be great. He's going to be big and strong and he's fast. Uh, another guy speaking of, and he's already the final form. Uh, Matthew Ficizzi, by the way, is the final form of awesome. Number 11, a linebacker going to be good once he develops. I think he's good right now. Let me let me give you his stats on the day, and then I'll give you what I, I saw as well in the uh, – throw this up. Actually, let's throw this up here. Let's go to defense, and let's see for Mr. Abdul Carter, who you can see six tackles, a sack, a tackle for a loss, pass breakup, and a forced fumble. I don't think you can have a better day. That was – like, the only thing he didn't get was an interception, and that's just because he wasn't in position to get one. I'm fairly certain he's going to get one at some point. So this defense, everybody, they, they did really well. 31-13, happy to be wrong, says David. I believe I saw that the other day. I, I do think I saw that in the chat, so he's not lying. That is not David just saying that he uh, he's calling it now. Kyle, thank you. Appreciate you backing me up there. I'm I'm I love I have the receipts here. Let's see. We got uh, Nittany 96. Brendan Strange is emerging as the MVP for this team. Great receiver. Wonderful yak ability. Terrific blocker. Penn State's using these two tight ends better now. The formations are smaller. 
They're more condensed. The ironic thing is they let go of Kirk Shiraka to get Mike Yersich, and they're kind of running Kirk Shiraka's offense. Not necessarily in scheme, but in spirit. Big formations. Penn State had a six offensive lineman out there. So for as much as Penn State fans have said the, the Illinois game and the Minnesota game, apparently James Franklin is learning from his mistakes. And he uh, has a six offensive lineman set with two tight ends and uh, ran it down Auburn's throat. So for every Penn State fan, uh, and again, the, the story too about James Franklin coming into this game doesn't cover when he's the favorite in road environments. Um, all that's different today. How did Finley have a higher PFF grade than Clifford? We'll see if that stays. He will not. He will absolutely not. And this is going back to, it's a unit of production for PFF in terms of your output that particular game. During the first game, Sean Clifford threw the ball to the other team a couple times, and he was not making particularly sound decisions and plays. Then last week, this is, by the way, my analysis, not PFFs. This is my analysis of the film, and I do agree to a point, I haven't watched all of, of Finley's film from Mercer. I would imagine that's a big part of it is playing Mercer. But during the Ohio game, Sean Clifford was good, but he didn't do anything exceptional. He didn't throw the ball into a tight window down the field with a, a touchdown or anything like that. He just operated the offense well, got them 24 points, and then didn't play the rest of the game. That is not going to be the case. He, he had a, another solid game today. Uh, Larry... I'm I'm not going to try and, and get everybody's name, by the way. Larry here says, those boys on the War Report didn't respect Singleton. I watched your crossover stream, watched the videos. They didn't think Penn State was better. I had 31-17, assuming we stopped the run. PSU getting better weekly. And that's a good point. And thank you for the donation. If you want to be like Larry here and you want to donate to the channel, we're talking to everybody, but if you do donate to the channel, first off, I'll see it. Everything's going 1,000 miles an hour. I'm here by myself on the show today. Uh, so I'm operating the controls, flying the plane, and looking out the window, looking at the scenery, talking to you guys. So if you donate, I will see it. We'll get it on the air. And thank you to everybody who's donated so far. Uh, very generous crowd tonight. Everyone feeling good about Penn State's victory. And uh, this one's free if you like the video. Totally free. And uh, it helps out the channel. We got 400 people watching. We have 113 likes. Let's just get to 400 to, to start. How about that? Um, that would be super helpful. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They are getting better each week. The offensive line has gotten better in this week from last week. They performed worse against Ohio than they did against this, this unit. So does that sustain? That's going to be my question. Is And I don't want to be the guy who's sitting here saying, you know, 
it was great when you ran for 250 yards against an SEC team, but can you do it again? Like, if they don't do it again next week and a team is selling out to stop the run, I, I'm not going to be super, uh, super disappointed in this group or think that they had a bad game. Like, we'll find out how that goes, right? But the team is getting better. Abdul Carter had a great game. Curtis Jacobs had a great game. Let's talk about the Penn State will linebacker situation. And I know the natural evolution of this particular conversation is going to be, uh, well, why don't you play him at Mike linebacker? Why don't you play Abdul Carter at Mike linebacker, get him on the field? He can't play fast if he's thinking. There is a little bit less. <laughs> the Ohio Bobcats to the SEC, they also uh, allowed 46 points. So, Pump the brakes a little bit, but yeah, mad respect for the Ohio Bobcats. Um, where was I? Yeah, oh, yes, the Penn State linebacker situation. During the offseason, I, I, I was talking about this particular subject of Penn State's thin at linebacker. And if you consider just the box guys linebackers, because that's the body type you're taking from, that those are the players that are uh, that are going to be in the Will and Mike position. Sam linebacker, those are safeties now. They're playing linebacker, but their body type, their skill set is coming from that position. So when you condense that, you up your level of players at each position. So Abdul Carter and uh, Jamari Budden and, uh, and, and Curtis Jacobs all at that Will position, you now have two bona fide starters, essentially, after the way he played today in Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs. I'll go on further and say you've got two NFL linebackers at the will position. So you have depth there. The Mike linebacker position, this was a Tyler Elsden game. He played well in this game. He played, I, I would say he played very well. Um, that's another one of those have to go back and look at the tape because you don't know if somebody accidentally went into the wrong gap and then somebody else blew up the play. So we'll get a full film evaluation at bluewhiteillustrated.com in the next couple of days. But for, for now, the post game, Tyler Elsden made some big plays, chasing guys down and forcing the cutback. So I, I just think it's amazing, too, that, that uh, throw this up here again and go to the rushing stats for Auburn. Um, nothing here killed you. If you look at your tanks, big tank, Bigsby, nine carries for 39 yards. Uh, Jarquez Hunter, five carries for 16 yards. The impact at times felt bigger. And of course, the the um, rushing yards from Finley and uh, from the quarterbacks here from Ashford are much lower than they actually were because of the sack yardage. That is something that's different in this game, uh, that some of that yardage came from those those plays uh, from, from scrambling. And we kind of covered that. Manny Diaz adjusted. That was the thing I didn't think they needed to do in this game is you can pressure TJ Finley just by making him read out a play. He actually was better than I expected until he fell apart. And of course you look at the, the passing here, 296 yards passing overall, but two interceptions by both quarterbacks. The, the, the hallmark of this defense is not just that they get the sacks and they finally got home and they, they broke down the door in a big way, nine quarterback hits, a handful of sacks. They were able to, they were able to force, quarterbacks into bad situations this defense as long as you get some pressure in these situations and Penn State's DBs hold up and and the majority of them are playing very well Penn State forces defense uh, the the quarterback to throw into tight coverage because you have to throw quick 
And if you don't throw quick, you're going to get sacked. And if you do throw quick, you're throwing into a tight window and your receiver has to make a great play. Against these players, this um, this particular group, that's not going well. They held another group of quarterbacks to just around 50% completion. So Penn State, what they're allowing through the air is really good so far. Jim McAndrew, thanks for the donation to the channel, my guy. My wor- my wife gave birth to our first child yesterday, and Penn State bullied an SEC team on their turf. Life is good, folks. Jim, I just want to stop here. Guys, Jim had a baby yesterday and donated $5 to the channel. He is going to be a great dad, but he's not showing great judgment in this moment. I appreciate it. But Jim, thanks for the 5 bucks. Maybe I'll give it back to you later if we see you in person because... Having a kid, I imagine you're going to need some extra scratch, but thank you. But in all seriousness, thank you so much. Appreciate your uh, your donation to the channel, and congratulations. That's a good weekend for you. Hope everybody's happy and healthy. Sounds like they are. Um, they hired Yersich to get Drew Aller. I think they hired Yersich to, to come up with good game plans. And the evolution, I'm going to go back to this, because they carry the ball 39 times. I don't have a whole lot to say about the passing game tonight. There's not a whole lot to say about the passing game, because... They threw it 23 times and, uh, you know, four of those came, or I should say three of those came when the game was over. You put in Drew Aller and Christian Veyu. Once again, Drew Aller, two for two for 29 yards, looking really good uh, in, uh, in, in mop-up duty. But Keandre Lambert-Smith with that throwback pass, a great play design. People wanted to know last year, what's up with, with the lack of creativity from Mike Yersich. And this is the game. This is the point in the season where all of that changed. They had so the, the pass to strange down the seam with the hurry up. They had that exchange with Caden Wallace out in, in the slot. They were doing some creative things during the Auburn game. And then their base offense stopped operating. Well, if you can't run your base plays, then the trick plays don't matter because they're just a one-off. So if Penn State gets these one-off plays every once in a while, and they're not going to work every week, they might not work against uh, Central Michigan next week. But if you can get these one-off plays here and there in critical moments, and your bread-and-butter stuff is working, then you're golden. And this is exactly where they want to be. And that's the biggest difference between last year and this year. And if you're haven't, if you tuning in now, you're coming in, we're talking about the game. Um, th- this is the biggest difference, is they're... they're not just their running game, but their intended plays are working. It's not broken plays. It's not guys just bouncing to the outside last week. Penn State designed a play to go through a, a particular gap. It went through that gap, and they got a touchdown. So the offense is healthy heading into the final non-conference game in terms of not just player health, which that can change in a minute, but schematic health. They are in a good spot, and we'll have to see what is up with Kevon Lee, if he's limited this week, if he's not uh, a full go after whatever happened to him. I know we came back into the game, but that's going to be something we monitor going forward. Devin Ford looked good. Uh, my guy, Mr. Principal, we, we got you the shout-out. I made sure we got to you pretty early, so appreciate you. Now you're getting – now it's 10 bucks a shout-out if you go back and you watch the show. We we appreciate the donation, but uh, you're you're limiting your returns here. Well, I guess – you know, I'm limiting my returns here, but thank you so much for donating to the channel. You have two kids. <laughs> Why didn't I don't. Okay. Is everyone going to give me the, the roster of children now uh, with the, uh, <laughs> with their donations? Appreciate you, Mr. Principal. 
And uh, I don't call me into your office again, please. I uh, I don't like that. Uh, but that's any questions you guys have, or are we just we having a good time here in the chat, deciding how um, enjoying the the uh, the post game revelries because Penn State, like there's from the defensive perspective, the pressure got home. A couple guys I want to uh, highlight here again. Hakeem Beeman had a great game on the interior, creating more chaos plays. And this is early in the game where the game is still being decided, not necessarily once the snowball effect has happened and kind of the psychology of the loss is setting in for Auburn, which that happened today. That's probably not good for their overall program health. Uh, but Hakeem Beeman showed up today. And that center that I talked about before, you know, as an area of weakness on this team that I thought Penn State could take advantage of, P.J. Mustafer, Hakeem Beeman, they all they were all very good on the interior disrupting. And that's another part of this game that we should discuss, going back to what I said about what Auburn does and doesn't do. Auburn seems to want to play simple and play hard and play fast. Defensively, they're not doing a lot of complex things, like I said. Offensively, they're running basic zone stuff. Inside, outside, they complement that with a jet sweep, which you saw, and then Robbie Ashford, the quarterback in that option game, and some of those designed plays where he's just running to the outside. That's kind of a tendency breaker. Every once in a while, they'll pull, they'll play some man stuff. This is really, if you rewind the tape and watch what Penn State was doing previously, even back to 2019, 2021, this was the problem is their offensive line and their offense was not good enough to be predictable and still beat the opponent. So when you see basic inside zone, basic outside zone, and Manny Diaz sees that on film and he goes, okay, there's a playbook of how to defeat that. Even beyond some of the new stuff that goes into, you know, we've talked about the tight front on this show. Just slant your offensive or defensive line one way or the other. You know, whichever way you want to go, slant them. They come back across the the way the offensive line is running. And with the offensive line, you give them the gap they're trying to take from you, but you get a free run in the backfield. That happens so much. If you remember the play where I think it was Jarquez Hunter had the ball, Hakeem Beeman and Tyler Elsden and somebody else were all right around him. I think Chop Robinson. Everyone was right around the running back. It's because they knew the play that was coming. And they beat it, and they all got in the backfield because that stuff was on film. They knew how to beat it. It was simple. If you're not executing at a high level, anticipating what people are trying to do to you, this is where, if you want to talk about Iowa and the difference between Iowa and other programs is they do these things, but they are so good at those things. They are so good at playing the run in those certain systems and making you anticipating what you're going to do and taking advantage of it. Everyone's on the same page, but that doesn't mean that they're electrically great along the offensive line. They're good at what they do. Auburn's not at that level athletically or, you know, and I'm not trying to throw coaching under the bus, but they're not at that point where everyone is gelled together. They're not in the synchronous movement of bodies that are working ahead of you. That's not what, that's not what's happening on that team. So this is why my bold prediction was a three-touchdown lead because as long as Penn State could contain those running backs, and they did despite the fact that those guys are so good. And part of it was in the screen, you know, obviously in the passing game, which, you know, I was looking at the running plays, but when you've got Hunter going for 45 yards on one play, uh, 45 yards of yak on one play, and you've got Bigsby, another big catch two for 38. But those 
didn't hurt you. One of them came at the half, and then there was a forced fumble right after that on a sack that ended the half. And then the last one was in mop-up duty. So Penn State was able to contain those running backs because what Auburn does is pretty predictable. And again, I'm not trying to uh, talk down to what Auburn does. If you can do that, if you can play simple and fast and everyone understands their assignments and you can play the tendencies of the other team and say, okay, we know what we're doing. We're locked in on what we're doing. What are they going to do? How do we counter it? How do we be in position to beat them doing that? And, and they are not there yet. Dare to say Singleton is another Saquon or not yet. Eli, my guy, he is not Saquon Barkley. But that doesn't mean he's not that good. He is that level of athlete. But the running style, to me, is so vastly different that I can't can't compare them. And they're, by the way, in the same situation on, on the broadcast, talking about who, who does Nick Singleton remind you of? What athlete? What running back? And we're all searching in the same group of players. Eddie George, Saquon Barkley. I think the best guy that he looks like and reminds me of right now is actually just Journey Brown. But Journey Brown, Journey Brown did that as a redshirt junior. He did that in his uh, final season, penultimate season at Penn State. Nick Singleton's doing that now, which is why I said earlier in the broadcast, Eli, I think Nick Singleton is going to be 228 pounds in doing this in a couple of years. He has the, seeing him up close and you can check out pictures of him, rewatch the broadcast, like, his arms don't look all that big. Now, this is where Nate Bauer and I have conversations off air. He's like, dude, he is so strong. And I say, listen, I'm not saying he's not strong. I'm not saying that he's not everything that you're thinking. He can have those lifting metrics. I'm just saying there's more to come. There is more that I think he's going to be. So when you see him wrapped up and there's two or three guys and he goes down right now, or that one play where the guy pulled his shoe off, in a couple of years, whether the shoe comes off or not, he's breaking that tackle. His leg strength is going to improve, and he is going to have the mass and the momentum to keep his feet and and break all. I, I just I think he's going to be so good uh, because he's got the tenacity, the downhillness. He and Saquon could not be more different as runners, uh, but the athleticism is similar in the breathtaking speed that's game changing. My comparison has been Adrian Peterson from a physical body size. His six foot, Peterson was 228 pounds as a uh, as a full formed NFL player. He had that sort of ability. I see that breakaway speed, the linear of the linear upright sort of nature of Singleton. Even though I mean he runs behind his pads, but but Peterson had this way of looking tall and playing behind his pads. And I see a bit of that in Singleton. He's just a, he's just a little bit skinny right now. And and I'm it. I am beyond excited to see as a, as an analyst and as a guy who evaluates stuff. I want to be in like two years. I want to play this show back and go, you know, I, I called it once again. You know, that is kind of nice. Singleton reminds me of Kajana Carter. I have to admit that's a little bit before me in terms of Penn State football. Um, I don't necessarily know exactly Kajana Carter's game, but I'll take your word at it. Uh, Lambda says, thought it was weird that every time Finley completed a pass, they pulled him and put in the backup for a play. They didn't run tank enough, really bizarre coaching decisions. And once it's not us, it's not Penn state. They don't have offensive flow. And that's been the thing 
for this offense is you're, you're right in a certain sense. I, I don't know that it's necessarily the uh, <laughs> Kyle Mason obviously watches the show. His best Nate Bauer. He hits home runs. That's absolutely true. That is what he's here to do. And he's done that 20 carries for uh, 300 yards plus and four touchdowns in the last two games. Lambda. Um, they, they don't have offensive cohesion and I, it's not even just the, the, um, the quarterback situation, but it does stem from that of they want a guy that can run read option off of their zone system, but Finley's a pocket passer and they want, I can, I can tell they want that element out of him uh, because they want to run more of these schemes, but he's not really either of those things. He's not a pocket passer and he's not a runner. So what he is, is 11 of 19 for 152 yards and an interception which he was actually much better until he started getting hit a lot. He was much better in this game than I expected. Uh, Tony Hunt. Tony Hunt wasn't fast enough, though. Steely Cam coming in with a Tony Hunt comparison. Tony Hunt, I'll give you the physicality and the size, but Singleton, just the difference in in violent speed, explosive, scary uh, speed. His yards per carry for the season, I don't know, but it's got to be north of... Uh, it's got to be north of 10 at this point. So it's 3.1, and then it was 17.9 and 12.4. So somewhere north of 10. Good evening. Wow, what a victory from Showtime. Another regular here having uh, pulling up to the bar. Appreciate you joining us. Have to talk about the atmosphere at Jordan-Hare, how the team just absorbed it and went on and won. Great job to the coaching staff. Showtime, I'll actually say that this is one of the things I was a little bit disappointed in in this offense, and that was outside of the penalties they handled everything with ease but i think they were a little too amped for this game and not from the crowd and not from distracted by the noise but they just wanted to hit people today apparently i think they were tired of all week hearing about how physical auburn was because this is the conversation i was having all week is the the idea that auburn is so physical and they're so dominant on both sides of the line of scrimmage it's mythology it's the idea that you see those colors, you see that AU, and that's what you expect. And you can only live off mythology for so long, and today I believe that mythology died. Now, they can recover. They can absolutely recover. They can still be the team they want to be. But what we learned today is that Penn State is good. We came into this game and we said, we're going to learn a lot about Penn State. What we learned today is that Penn State took a, a decent team. And I was saying that Auburn's good. I'm going to downgrade them to decent because of the quarterback situation. That fell apart in a hurry. But they're a decent team, and Penn State smacked them. Like, I, whatever, whatever cliche you want to say, Penn State handled everything, and they were so amped up that I think that's what caused some of the false starts. A little bit to clean up there. I'm sure James Franklin talked about it in his post-game press conference, which by this point is up at bluewhiteillustrated.com here on YouTube. So if you want to check that out, uh, go over and check that out once we're done here, which is just going to be in a couple of minutes. Anybody else want uh, to bring up something to talk about? But it's a blowout victory. Everyone played well. PJ Mustafer played great. I have I am I'm officially done with my questions of PJ and his health and his knee. That's all over with. Penn State got through the beginning, the first month of the season with some of these situations. I know there was a big profile and Adisa Isaac coming back from that Achilles injury. He's wor he's uh, working back from that still, but Chop Robinson uh, is leading the way for this team at the at the defensive end position, 
and uh, Denai Dennis Sutton looked good again in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, came in, got an effort sack, uh, well-deserved there, where the quarterback's holding on to the ball forever. He gets around the tackle, gets a sack. He looked good in run defense again. That is going to be a, a work in progress. But Penn State, their young players are hitting early. And this is when everyone talked about Drew Aller and, you know, 2026 or whatever it is for this team has to get to 2026. It's like, yeah, but if they get there early, that's what 2019 was with Sean Clifford. They arrived a year early and nearly made the college football playoff, if not for that disastrous end to the Minnesota game. I don't know that they can get there yet because there's a lot of freshmen that have to play well. But the secondary is very good. Zaki Wheatley came up with another interception. He Same thing. Busted coverage where he got beat early in the game. And uh, <laughs> Ryan's popping here in the chat. Uh, he got er beat early in the game and also got an interception. So he is on both sides of the football exactly what he was uh, reported to be during the season. Ryan, jumping in here, got to admit I had no chance. PC win by three scores. I'll shut up now. Ryan, you had a reasonable stance. Uh, this is this is exactly where everyone expected Penn State to be. Um, and they're proving everyone wrong. Like, that's okay. Here's the other thing is there's not a right and a wrong. There is the information that you have and then the gray area. And as we eliminate the gray area for this team, we're finding out more and more about what they can do. And if they have a good run game and the offensive line, and this is another thing that we, we discussed. Oh my, Mr. CEO pulling up here in the chat uh, when it loads here. Who's number 11? My guy? Just Google Abdul Carter on three, and you'll find out exactly who Abdul Carter is from all the stuff we've written about him over at bluewhiteillustrated.com, which, by the way, the Blue White Illustrated magazine, we got you covered everywhere. Blue White Illustrated, bluewhiteillustrated.com, here on YouTube, thanks to the nearly 500 people watching the show right now, bluewhiteillustrated.com, and YouTube, and the magazine, and Twitter, and Facebook, and Instagram. Got you covered everywhere. So check all of that out, and you'll learn who Abdul Carter is. And uh, let's be nice. Just everybody, let's be nice in the chat, and uh, let's let's just, for somebody who might be new, we're going to educate them on uh, Penn State football. As a Michigan, ah, here we go. As a Michigan fan, Penn State scares the blank out of me. Lol, you got a damn good team. That makes more sense. Okay, so go to the Wolverine. Blue White Illustrated, our our uh, sister company, the Wolverine. Uh, they'll they'll let you know who Abdul Carter is. Very highly rated freshman linebacker. But that's a really good point, Mister CEO. There are players you're going to learn about from Penn State football this year that are difference makers. Whether or not Drew Aller is one of those. The five-star freshmen for Penn State are going to show up at some point this season, still a little bit lagging behind. You know, Denied Dennis Sutton wasn't here for as long as Nicholas Singleton was. And I have to, again, apologize to Nicholas Singleton. That is what he wants to be called. And as somebody who is Thomas Frank and changed his name to T. Frank for the radio and for the air, I understand that. And I want to make sure that I, I, I was being like, you know what? Your name's Nick. But when people call me Tom, it makes my skin crawl. So I understand. Nicholas Singleton Excellent player. Denied Dennis Sutton, uh, and he's been here since January. Denied Dennis Sutton just got here in the summer, and that's going to come along. But Penn State's defensive line is getting better, and that uh, Jordan Vandenberg. How did I go 45 minutes without mentioning Jordan Vandenberg? He had a lot of really good pressures on the interior. He was hard to block. All those guys on the inside were really winning. So so Beeman, Mustafer, and that's what it takes to dominate a team like the way they did. 
Uh, we're we're running out of steam here on the show. Appreciate everybody coming on the show. Any more questions you want to throw in the chat? We'll we'll discuss some things that haven't wrapped up. But uh, we talked 46 minutes about a blowout, and it was a blowout. They blew them out hard. 41 to 12, 477 yards of offense. So Penn State is starting to churn out the offensive yards. Pretty balanced game. This is an Urban Meyer game, guys. 250 yards passing, 250 yards rushing. It's just not in the NFL where that's completely unrealistic. And uh, other than the penalties, I think Penn State did very well. So we're gonna we're gonna close up shop here once again. Blue White Illustrated, and if you're if you want to check this out on replay on YouTube, or you can check out the podcast. It'll be up there later. And uh, we've got you covered from every single angle on this game. We'll have instant analysis, recaps, everything at bluewhiteillustrated.com. So just because I'm signing off does not mean that the show is over. There are so many goodies to wrap up from Penn State coming up this weekend, uh, heading into uh, Central Michigan and then into the Big Ten schedule. Penn State has a chance a chance to be 4-0 going into a meat grinder of a schedule. They always have that three-game rough schedule in the middle with Minnesota, Michigan, and Ohio State, I think it is. I think that's what it is right now. I'm terrible with schedules. I don't care until the week of. Then I know who I have to talk about. So I'll do it today. We'll talk about Central Michigan next week. Please come back. We're doing a post-game show after every single game. So uh, whether it's Central Michigan, whether it's Auburn, or, or regular Michigan, non-directional Michigan, Blue Light Illustrated post-game show coming up directly after the game. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.